0: welcome back everybody another edition of the auburn undercover podcast on the 24 7 sports network my name is nathan king we've got our roundtable edition of the show here today to talk about the upcoming game auburn's sec opener in baton rouge where of course they're trying to break the 22 year drought trying to win baton rouge the first time since 1999 Trying to get over that house of horrors, I got Jason Caldwell and Mark Murphy here with me today to break down the game. And Mark, uh, we had Tiger Talk tonight with Brian Harson, so you know things are things are coming down to it with the quarterback battle. Um, of course, we believe that you know we're, it's going to be all the way up until the the game before we find out who exactly it's going to be. But um, what's the latest on on what we've got right now between T.J. Finley and Bo Nix?
1: Well, he's, he's very pleased with what he's seen in practice this week, and uh, I don't know what that means as far as who's going to be the starting quarterback. Uh, I really don't know. I don't think we're going to figure it out. Um, I truly don't know. You know, Finley's going to have to be, he'll be comfortable playing in Baton Rouge, I think, but he also is probably going to be so hyped up, he really wants to win. I'm in mean, Ed Orgeron shoes. I'm expected by Um, uh, but uh, Brian Harson, There's no telling what he's thinking about this.
0: Yeah. You know, it will be, it'll be interesting to see, you know, he's, he's talked about the game plans not being that much different. Um, a lot of people, at least on our board, have talked about this week um, that just what the quarterbacks did in that game against Georgia state really didn't look that different. The only difference was that, you know, TJ Finley was able to get the spark in there. And I think we've talked about before, you know, keeping his eyes downfield with that offensive line. We'll have to see how that chemistry um, has developed this, this week, Jason, on the other side of the quarterbacks, LSU's got a guy in Max Johnson who can throw it around the yard a good bit. Um, he's got some good receivers. Something you noted earlier this week that I thought was interesting was it's an explosive passing game, um, top twenty in a couple metrics in terms of their big plays, but it's not necessarily been consistent so far.
2: Yeah, and that's the key. I mean, like a uh, maybe big plays, but uh, you know it, it's been you know kind of chunk yardage plays here or there. I mean, like you know we saw it against Mississippi State, uh, a couple of big plays in the passing game, but. Uh, It wasn't a consistent offense, and they haven't been able to run the football. Um, That's been the the really surprising thing. But, you know, when you take a little deeper dive, it maybe shouldn't be surprising because it was the same issue they had last year. Um, They couldn't run the football. They became one-dimensional. It's the same offensive line, and it's the same issues. Uh, I may be be shocked Saturday night. I know, you know, Davis Price and some of those guys are, are good running backs, I don't see the running backs that we've been used to seeing from LSU in the past. Um, you know those guys that can can chunk yardage and, and to make those big plays. So you, know, you look and and to me this one's Max Johnson, it's it's Keishawn it's it's you know these guys that are outside. Uh, you know it's a group of guys that can go get it. Um, you know they get another you know couple receivers back uh, you know this week. So uh, you know this one when you when you start breaking it down, we've talked about it for now for four weeks. Auburn's pass defense, pass rush, Um, those are the keys to this game. Here's the thing. You know, people have wanted to see Auburn create more pressure, do those things. Honestly, wouldn't be shocked to see Auburn kind of have that Penn State defense a little bit at times against LSU and just say, look, we're not going to give up the big play, and we're going to dare you to run the football and and keep everything in front of you. Um, You know, like I said, uh, that's the key to LSU is, you know, not giving up those those big yardish plays when you start pressuring, then it, it puts you in more one on one situations and you know I I think you got to do some of both but I, I think there'll still be times where Auburn's going to sit back and make them you know drive the ball down the
1: field. And Jason, something's really interesting what you're talking about. LSU's averaging two point nine yards per rush and uh, eighty yards a game, and uh, that's just so an LSU like. Uh, Nathan, we've seen LSU for all my lifetime have really good running backs. And a lot of their passing game over the years has been based off of play action. And, uh, you know, if you're only averaging 2.9 yards per game, you're not going to scare a lot of defenses with your play action plays.
0: To your point, Jason, that you just talked about, you know, that, that game plan they had at Penn State. If you're Auburn, how do you prevent a similar result? Because they stopped the run pretty well. You know, they, they, they forced, you know, they mm-hmm. dared them to run it and they really couldn't do it. And then they ended up just not, is it, is it as simple as getting after them with only three or four guys? Uh, you know, you sort of looking back at Penn state and, and you go, if you just don't have the bus,
2: just don't have the, the bus where the tight ends are going free. You know, that's 120 some odd yards on four plays. Two of those led directly to touchdowns. Um, you just don't have those plays. You're talking about 200 yards in passing, um, that's a big difference. And so I, I think we saw it last week. Uh, it's execution for this defense more than anything. I, you know, we've seen Roger McCreary, Nehemiah Pritchett, those guys, they can cover to get Jalen Simpson back. Um, you know, it was a big deal. You know, the addition of Zion Puckett at safety, I think, is big. I think he's a guy that's just sure tackler as well. Uh, you know, I think at some point you can't let a guy sit back there forever. But I do think that, that you know, it's a plan that can work as long as you just, again, you you execute it. And, and that's been the issue for this defense through four weeks has been, it's been execution more than, more than scheme uh, for the most part. Um, We saw it last week where, you know, we've heard player after player say, look, we didn't change anything in the second half. Now you added Sacobie McLean, which made a big difference, but they didn't change what they were doing. They just actually executed it. Um, Hey, we've, we've heard it a bunch over the past few years. You know, Kevin Steele talking about, look, you know what we did when when we were struggling? We, we cut back on defense instead of adding to it to be simple where guys can play fast and get after it. Um, I think you let these guys go play football, and they'll be just fine.
0: Speaking of execution, Mark, flopping back over to the Auburn offensive side of things, um, they're going to need those receivers to execute um, because that wasn't all on the quarterbacks, and Brian Harson said as much. You know they changed out things at running back over the course of that game. They changed out things at receiver. The last straw was putting in a new quarterback. Um, there was a guy that we didn't see out there in Demetrius Robertson last week. What's the latest on him from Brian Harson today? Um, the Georgia transfer obviously brings a lot of experience. And and what are you expecting to see out of this this group now working with a brand new position coach this year? Only only four or this week only four weeks into the
1: season. Yeah, he said Robertson's ready to go, and he's certainly one of Auburn's top receivers and. He's got some quickness, and he got hurt in the uh, Penn State game. and uh, So I expect to see him play a role. I'm really curious to see if they use some of the uh, younger guys like Elijah Canyon, who made a really nice catch. And, uh, you know, will we see him throw to a tight end Um, that's not named John Samuel Shanker? Uh, That might be something that's open this week. So I'm curious – to see how they attack and uh, you know when you're th- throwing the football um, you know you got two options you got Nick's, that is certainly more mobile in the pocket but uh, you know I don't know that he sees down the field quite as well as uh, T.J. Finley, who's 6'7 and uh, he doesn't have to run outside the pocket to see clear passing lanes. And Nick isn't a small quarterback, but he's not 6'7". And uh, uh, so I, I'm just really, really interested to see what happens. My take, Nathan, is if Auburn can run the ball for about 175 yards and uh, um, keep possession a pretty good bit of the time and take some pressure off the secondary, LSU's going to have a tough time winning this game, especially – if LSU rushes for somewhere around its average of the season of 80 yards. So that'll certainly be something to watch from Auburn's offense. And, you know, Tank Bigsby, uh, Jarquiz Hunter, and Sean Shivers are certainly capable of getting to 175 or 180. And this is a game that the quarterbacks could figure into the rushing total, too, as long as they're not getting sacked a lot. LSU's got 20 sacks, which ranks number one nationally. But, you know, 10 of those sacks came – Against McNeese State,
0: from your perspective down on the field, Jason, what was working well for Jarquez Hunter in that last game that wasn't working for Tank? Um, and do you expect Tank Bigsby to have a bit of a back bounce back performance? He wasn't—he wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination, um, but it didn't seem like he had the same burst that were uh, that we're used to seeing out of him and the same tackle breaking ability. Maybe that was just me, but it seemed like Jarquez down the stretch was a little bit stronger. Yeah,
2: I, I thought Jarquez did a good job of, of of bouncing a couple of key runs. You know, sometimes you know getting outside and bouncing. Um, you know, he showed it on that the the eighteen yard run off the goal line there on that last drive. Uh, getting outside to the second level, I thought he did a good job of reading his blocks. Uh, maybe a little bit better than Tank, and sometimes that can it can come out of frustration a little bit when there wasn't a ton of running room. Um, you know, and you don't want to bounce them all outside. But you got to pick your moments, and I thought Jarquez. did a really good job of that. And, you know, getting back to Mark's point, I agree. That was actually the exact number I put on the rushing total for this game. Um, In in my mind, it was 175 yards. The interesting thing about LSU, you know, they're giving up 110-some-odd rushing yards a game. But when you factor in the losses, um, 20 sacks, 42 tackles for losses in four games, it adds up to another 150, 160-some-odd yards. Well, that puts you at 150 yards that you're giving up actual rushing yardage a game. UCLA ran for 210. Um, they, have, they have shown that, that you can run the football on them. Um, I think that's one way to attack. The other thing, and, and Mark can, can, can testify to this one, I've been watching a lot of Auburn football, and Auburn has been a terrible screener screen game, a true screen game since the die days. You know, they ran great screens with Stacey Danley and James Joseph and those teams. Since then, they haven't really ran many true screens. You start talking about a team that can rush the passer, that wants to get upfield and create pressure. I I wouldn't be shocked to see Auburn break it out. This is an offense that has some of those things in it. It's easier than, than that spread, you know, the Gus Malzahn to run a true screen game. Maybe that's something to break out because, hey, getting the ball in Tank Biggs' hands, Jarquez Hunter's hands, Sean Shiver's hands as an extension of the passing game could be really important. So, um, anything you do to slow down a pass rush is needed. And that's one way to slow a pass
0: rush down is to screen them. So, I mean, I, okay, so I haven't been following Auburn, of course, you know, for as long as you guys have. Uh, why is it not just those screen passes, but like wide receiver screens, sc- screens? quick screens. Why does that not work for Auburn? It's, it's been, you know, Auburn fans have hated it for years. You've had a couple good ones. um, And it seems to be extending this season. They don't seem, they don't seem very useful. Why, why does that not work for Auburn, but work for other teams? Is there even an answer to that?
1: You know, Auburn's had a couple teams under Malzahn where they did have some effectiveness with the wide receiver screens, but all too often it didn't work. I think that's why the fans got tired of them. And, uh, you know, to me, I like the traditional screen pass plays, but you need to have a good drop-back passing game uh, to make that effective. And, uh, you know, college football is all about matchups, trends, what the defense is doing, how to uh, counterattack that. And uh, uh, for whatever reason, the guys calling plays for Auburn um, the last – 20, 25 years, haven't been real big on running traditional screen pass plays. Occasionally we've seen some old-fashioned middle screen plays that hits for some big yards, but there's only been a couple of those a season that really uh, stand out on the years when they were doing it, Nathan.
0: I'm remembering a tunnel screen, I think Ryan Davis, in the 2017 Georgia game. That he took for about thirty five yards for a touchdown. Maybe there's yeah. some other ones. In the Eli, Stove,
2: Eli Stove had Eli had a couple. Stove, yep. um, it, the, the, the thing is, is that you need a guy that's a really good runner um, and and has that burst. And Eli Eli had that till the injuries really hit him. Ron Davis was a former quarterback. Um, you know, I think uh, you know Kobe Hudson is a guy that could could be be a good in that role. But what you got to have is comfort in an offense and those wide receivers have to have to get on the perimeter and really block. And, and that's normally it's tougher for younger guys to do that. Um, and, and so I think, uh, you know, you find some of those guys to step up, but yeah, just just thinking of some potential ways to slow down a pass rush. And that's one of the things that came to mind to me today. I was thinking about
0: um, maybe the potential to, uh, to, to have some of that in a screen game this week. Jason, I'll stick with you here. Um, Phillips, prediction piece from all of us um, is not going to be up by the time this podcast posts on Thursday morning. So we're not going to do our our concrete predictions yet. We will wait for him on that one, but just for you, how do you see this one playing out and, and and maybe not an exact winner or loser if you're not there yet, but just if Auburn does end up winning this game, they do end up breaking the big streak. What are going to be the keys to that happening?
2: Yeah, I I think, you know, having been down there and been field level for now 20 years, you look at it so many times, it's a big play, momentum play for LSU. Um, People talk about atmosphere and what it does to a team. I don't think it's as big a deal for for Auburn as it will be maybe a potential positive for LSU. We've seen it time and time again. Um, Pick six, uh, fumble, a bad snap. There's things that have happened in Baton Rouge. Got to avoid those. That's that's the first that's the first order of business for me. Got to avoid that big negative play and, and let them ride that momentum. Um, we already talked about it. Got to run a football. Um, no matter who the quarterback he is, TJ Finley, Bo Nix, heck, Demetrius Davis, it doesn't matter. Um, they have got to be able to run the football uh, and line up and run it at times. And I think they can do that. Um, then the other thing for me is got to find an explosive play on offense. Um, you know, find one of those somewhere if those things come together and, you know, turn it over a bunch, um, then then I like Auburn's chances. Um, you know, they've, they've done that at times in Baton Rouge, but they haven't done it for 60 minutes.
0: Got to do it for 60 minutes on Saturday night. Yeah. I'm remembering 2017, uh, the DJ chart punt return. You could just, you could literally feel Auburn's back breaking um, in that moment. And it just, it just seemed like LSU had it there. You could feel all the momentum shifting. Mark for you, um, You know, I think a guy that's going to be key in this game. um, You've written about him already a couple times this week. Is Anders Carlson? Um, You know, we say that when Auburn always plays a big game. Um, But just if Auburn's going to break this streak, same question to you: What are going to be their keys to winning this game?
1: You know, Nathan, just looking at LSU this year, I don't think this is a great team. Uh, I think they've got talent, and I think that if Auburn goes out and plays pretty clean football. That's their best to win it. Don't do something goofy like you know fumble a punt, um, you know return a kickoff and drop the ball somewhere near the red zone. Things like that. Um, certainly, if it's a close game, chances of kicking a good field goal to win it. If it's a field position game, Auburn's punting very well right now. They're uh, they're not giving up return yardage. Also been a threat to make a big play on special teams with a couple blocked punts and. Uh, you know, I think they might be aggressive if they get in the right situation and try to make a big play. But, uh, uh, you know, LSU is generally pretty good special teams, and they're, they're good this year. they got a very good field goal kicker and a good uh, punter. Uh, they haven't got any big plays that I remember in their return game so far. Uh, but to me, a really big deal on Saturday night is get some pressure on Max Johnson because he's too good of a quarterback to let him sit back there like Auburn let the Penn State quarterback sit back there and pick and choose on who he wants to throw to, whether they have to, you know, rush five at some time or even more than that. Occasionally they just can't let him get in a rhythm back there and pick Auburn apart. That's, that's my theory on this game. And I think, like I said earlier, if you can run the football, and uh, consistently, you know, manage time of possession in your favor, run more plays than LSU. Uh, I don't think LSU is as deep on defense as they normally are. I think that all plays into Auburn's favor.
0: Yeah, I'm inclined to, to be of that same opinion. I think you got to get the pressure or else he's going to – he'll probably look the same. I don't know if he'll have the same completion percentage, 87.5 or whatever. But – like you said, Max Johnson is good enough of a quarterback to pick them apart in that same way. Um, yeah, really interested to see how this one plays out. Two different teams that are two teams that are pretty similar that feeling, you know, okay about themselves, but you know, you can go one way or the other. You could either gain a lot of more momentum with this win heading into the rest of the SEC play, or you could have a disappointing loss. So appreciate everybody for listening today. Obviously, keep it locked. Auburnundercover.com and inside the Auburn Tigers. We're gonna have all kinds of coverage leading up to the game and afterward of course if you guys enjoyed it please leave us a five-star review the intro and outro music is by beats by mordecai thank you so much to him and until the next episode we will talk to you guys later everybody have a great rest of the week